When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's Wednesday in the North Shore Drive podcast. We're going to be talking a lot of Steelers again, and we got Ray Fittipaldo to do that with. But I'm your host, Chris Carter. We got to ask the big question. What's up with the Steelers rookies, and why are we not just seeing more of them after both Broderick Jones and Joey Porter Jr. had strong showings in the Steelers' win over the Ravens? We'll talk about that, their injury situation, and who's coming back uh, on both sides of the ball. And also, we got to talk about moves that the Steelers are making on, about within their secondary uh, roster-wise. We'll address all that here on the North Shore Drive podcast on the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Let's get into it. You are now listening to the North Shore Drive Podcast, a show on all things Pittsburgh sports from the writers of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, hosted by Christopher Carter. Hello and welcome to the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. I'm your host, Chris Carter. As always, you can find this show on Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays, as well as all of our daily content from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette right here on this YouTube channel at Post-Gazette Sports or wherever you listen to podcasts. As I said before, we're joined by Ray Fittipaldo. We've got a lot to talk about, but first, I want to remind you, this show is brought to you by Mike's Beer Bar, the best bar in all of Pittsburgh. Head to Mike's Beer Bar today, whether you're in for a Steelers or a pit game or just chilling in the North Shore, Mike's Beer Bar is the ultimate bar experience that you want to get in this city. They've got over 20 televisions where you can tune into any sport that you want to catch your favorite game. You can even book the, the TVs and the tables in advance to make sure that you and your friends are watching the big game. And they have over 500 different available beers, 300 of those beers being local and 80 of those local beers being available on tap. More on Mike's Beer Bar in a bit here. But Ray, Mike Tomlin, we asked him a lot about the rookies because there was an indication that maybe Dan Moore Jr. might be back. Now, he said that's a quote-unquote a big if during during this but there's still no indication that Joey Porter Jr. is going to be a starter even though he played very well in the second half against the Ravens had a huge game-changing interception in in that one do you feel like there's the Steelers are bending over backwards in this rookie situation or do you feel this is more so a natural process that they're bringing these guys along right now just crossing their t's and dotting their i's yeah I mean Chris you would think it's an organizational philosophy. I mean, I know a lot of fans are saying, well, Kendrick Green and Dan Moore started as rookies. Why Why can't Joey Porter and Broderick Jones and Keanu Benton start? Um, mm-hmm. And to a point, I understand that. But I also understand back in 2021, there were a lot of extenuating circumstances that led to Dan Moore and Kendrick Green having to play as rookies. So, I mean, I, I think this is a situation where, um, the, the Steelers coaches want to be careful. They don't want to put too much on the plates of those guys until they're absolutely ready. And when they are ready, I don't think they want them to turn back. So, for instance, if Broderick Jones would start against the Rams and he gives up three sacks, you know, what's the long-term damage that you do to a rookie in that situation? I think they want to put him in when they they know he can handle it and when he knows he can handle it. And apparently for all three of those guys, they're just not there yet. 
Yeah, I mean, ultimately, that's a decision that the Steelers make on, make on their own. They're the ones that see everything at practice and the meetings and seeing how the vets are doing. I think, like you said, it's all it's always a different situation. You know, you could even go back to Artie Burns and Sean Davis. But the thing that I point to with both their situation and with Kendrick Green and Dan Moore, those were almost like necessities because of how hamstrung the Steelers were with their cap situation in those years. 2017, uh, or 2016, excuse me, when, Bur- when Burns and Davis were, were brought in, that was a team that was paying Antonio Brown and Ben Roethlisberger and Marquise Pouncey and David DeCastro and, and, and leaving Bell. They were paying a lot of people at, at, at that point in time. And so you kind of needed to take riskier shots in certain positions uh, as, as you were developing there. And the same thing goes for 2021 uh, when they brought in, when they brought in those guys, uh, Dan Moore Jr. And uh, Kendra Green, they had a lot of leftover dead cap money. They were still paying Ben Roethlisberger. That was that wasn't an easy time cap situation wise. But now you've brought in veterans who have you know who are who are more established in their position. They can hold down. They can hold it down at their spot. You know more than you know in a way that can allow rookies to grow naturally. You know we had Max Starks, former Steelers Super Bowl champion, left tackle. Uh, on this very show a couple weeks ago, and he said with Broderick Jones, it's better it's better to cook in the oven than in the microwave, saying that let him develop slowly over time, and he'll be a better player for that. But I get people's impatience because he looked pretty good against the Ravens, as did Joey Porter Jr. And yes, small sample sizes, not you know not long terms, and they could play poorly against the Rams, and we could be looking at them completely differently after this week. But I just I look at both situations and. Dan Moore Jr., I know that he's been good at times for the Steelers. He started two whole years for them, and he's been very reliable during the during some of those stretches. But he wasn't playing well before, before Broderick Jones went in against the Ravens. And the Steelers' cornerback situation wasn't exactly great but when before Joey Porter Jr. went in. And so I just look at those two situations specifically and think, maybe with this these circumstances, this is the right time to play these guys. Yeah, I mean, listen, they they did take a step in that direction against the Ravens. That's why Joey Porter was on the field when he made that interception. Um, you know, Grady Brown last week uh, hinted that there might be a little bit more of a three-man rotation um, before Joey does become a full-time starter. So, I don't know. I, I think the, the fans want the Steelers to take giant steps, and the Steelers are kind of in the mode where they're going to take baby steps with these guys. So, um, you know. To, to I, I hate to borrow a Tomlinism, but it is what it is. No matter no matter what the fans think, um, Tomlin and Austin and those coaches are going to do what they want um, with that secondary. I you know I, I I do think, given the recent moves, Chris, that everything is setting up for Joey Porter to take over outside sooner rather than later, and Patrick Peterson will bump inside. And I, I know we'll talk about that more later in the show, but. Um, you know, they wouldn't have made the moves that they made on Monday without having that in mind, I don't think. I, I agree because the Steelers did make a move uh, to let go of Desmond King. They brought there, they, they went and got Darius Rush off the Chiefs practice squad. He's a rookie cornerback. I want to talk about those moves and what that means for the team across the board in just a minute here on the North Shore Drive podcast and get Ray's perspective on all of that. Stick with us. We still have a lot to discuss here. But first, I want to remind you, this show is brought to you by Mike's Beer Bar, the best bar in all of Pittsburgh. Like I said before, if you ever are just, you want to catch the big game and you need space to hang out with your friends, you also need great food and great beer, 
This is where Mike's Beer Bar is the best because you can go in, you can reserve no matter how obscure you think your game is. You might be watching Mountain Union play deep Division Three football, and you want to catch you want to catch them playing their big game. They that Mike's will find a way to stream even those types of games on their televisions as long as you tell them in advance. They'll set it up on the TV. They'll reserve you a table, and then you'll have access to over their five hundred different beers, three hundred of those local beers, eight of those beers being on tap available, so that you can try all the different flavors. And they're switching new ones in and out every single week so that you can get all the tastes of all the amazing breweries around the western pennsylvania area and they also have great meals as well you can get the steak on a stone meal where you get your your choice cut of steak brought to you on a heated stone so that every single piece that you cut off you press into the stone and you can choose how well you want each piece of steak that you take a bite of to be done that's all can happen for you at Mike's Beer Bar, the best bar experience in all of Pittsburgh, right on the North Shore on Federal Street across the street from PNC Park. Go to Mike's Beer Bar today, and, and when, you, when you do, tell him Chris sent you. We're also brought to you by the Great Yenzer Tailgate, which is bringing the best of the, bur- of the Pittsburgh to South Point on November 4th, showcasing Pittsburgh's rich culture, iconic sports history, and vibrant community spirit. The Great Yenzer Tailgate will immerse you in the unique blend of traditions that make Pittsburgh legendary. Visit www.thegreatyenzertailgate.com for details. See Yens there. We're back here on the North Shore Drive podcast. Chris Carter, Ray Fittipato, bringing things down. Ray, um, let's talk about this move the Steelers did make. They let go of Desmond King, who was a guy that they acquired, you know, pretty early in the season. Think, and people were like, oh, wow, okay, there could be some cornerback help there. You never, you have, you have a veteran guy. He's good at tackling. You know, he can be in the, he can play in the slot. There could be some answers there. And then I think he played all of like one snap and now he's gone and the Steelers have let him go in his place. They've got, they went and added Darius rush and Darius rush for those who don't know is a fifth round pick this year by the Colts, but he was cut uh, in, in, you know, uh, coming out of training camp. Then he was signed to the chiefs practice squad. And that's where the Steelers are, are acquiring him from uh, Darius rush, a very similar build to Joey Porter jr. And Corey Trice, you know, long six, one, six, two, uh, ran a, a four, three, six in his 40 yard dash. So he, he has pretty good speed, but, Another, he's more of a project. He's not going to be a guy that addresses things now. Ray, uh, you know, when I've talked about this, Shannon Sullivan, uh, we don't think has been getting it done at the slot cornerback position, production wise, coverage wise, run defense wise. It just hasn't been an answer. What would be the Steelers' answer if if you're looking at how the how the slot cornerback should be addressed moving forward? Yeah, I mean, just one more point on Rush before we we talk about the slot. Rush is a big, tall, athletic outside corner, as you mentioned. So they're yeah. they're basically swapping out a slot corner um, for another outside corner project. And what does that mean? Well, that means Patrick Peterson has to be ready, <coughs> excuse me, to play on the inside sooner rather than later. You, you mentioned it. Chandon Sullivan is just kind of uh, a guy at this point, you know, um, I would say average to below average in his, his performance um, through five games. And you know, Patrick Peterson talked from the very time that he signed here in March that he was excited for a different role. You know, he he didn't have to play outside corner anymore. He could keep his eyes on the quarterback and maybe be a different type of a player later in his career, like many outside corners do. You know, you become a safety a la Rod yeah. Woodson or, you know, you, you take on a different role. And we just haven't been able to see that from Patrick Peterson a lot through the first month or so of the season. So. You know, Desmond King didn't work out 
Um, but if they were really concerned about the slot corner position, Chris, I think they would have gone out and got another slot corner to replace Desmond King. So this tells me that Porter's going to be out there full time fairly soon. And Patrick Peterson is going to be in the slot mostly full time fairly soon as well. That that would be a huge move, I think, by the Steelers. And one, this would address what we're talking about with the rookies and maybe that Joey Porter Jr. is about to get more time out there. I wonder how soon this is going to happen. I also wonder, you know, if Patrick Peterson will fit in that role well. You know, there's been times where they they moved him to the slot where he's he's covered slot guys, he's covered tight ends, he's covered over the middle, and he's kind of looked fine doing that. But the place that I have the biggest question from the slot is that oftentimes the Steelers, the guy who plays in the slot for the Steelers, needs to be physical. They have to come up. They have to help against the run. We haven't seen that part of Patrick Peterson just yet in the Steelers game. Do you think that could become a big issue for the Steelers secondary? I mean, you're right. You know, you go from Mallette to Hilton, um, all of their guys over the years, really the last decade or so, all of their slot corners have, have been able to play and run support. You might be taking – a leap of faith that Patrick Peterson can do that. But as we talked about, what is Chandon Sullivan giving you in that role? Right. I mean, it's, it's, it's minimal. Um, his, his run support um, at this point in his, his coverage hasn't been very good. Um, you know, the Steelers probably lose that game. If Nelson Aguilar catches an easy deep ball from Lamar Jackson, that, uh, you know, Sullivan was in the area. People say, I don't know, Sullivan or Porter, who, who's, whose guy that was, I, you know, I thought Sullivan just, um, at the very least, there was a miscommunication there between those two. So um, my point is, what could it hurt at this point? Um, you acquired Patrick Peterson for this role. If you're not ready to do it in the middle of October, I don't know when you're going to be ready to do it. I feel you on that. I also wonder if there's a possibility for the Steelers to say, like, you know, hey, let's try this out. But the trade deadline is in about a couple weeks here. In fact, uh October 31st, Halloween is, is the trade deadline. I would wonder if the Steelers would try to make a move at some point to say, hey, you know what? If this doesn't work out, we just need a slot corner. And slot corners aren't expensive pieces. You know, if people, if, if someone wants to move their guy there, you can usually get that for it without having to, you know, give up too much draft capital. I just, I wonder if that, if that could be, if that could be a move here that the Steelers do resort to, or if they're just going to be just set dead set on trying to make it happen with the guys they have on their roster now, and then readdressing this at the end of the season. I mean, the only issue with that is let's say they even make it a week before the deadline. Um, You'd be what you'd be week eight. You'd basically be halfway through the season, Chris. Mm -hmm. And we all know the guys, the Steelers acquire, they don't come in and get plugged into the starting lineup right away. So Let's say that guy takes two or three weeks to to acclimate himself. I mean, Good point. can you afford to wait all that time? Can you afford to wait until Thanksgiving for that guy to to get on board and uh, you know the so called moving train that Tomlin talks about? I mean, if you're going to make a move, I think you got to make a move with a guy you know that can help you. Uh, that guy would have to play right away. And just knowing the way the Steelers do business and the way they operate, I'm not confident that anyone they acquire at midseason would be able to step in. I thought Omar got high marks last year because what they did at the trade deadline, they acquired a pick. Mm-hmm. And you pick that guy in May, it didn't turn out that way with Joey Porter, but you pick that guy in May, that guy should be ready to help you once the season comes around. So um, I don't know, not a bad idea. And I st- certainly don't close the door on Omar doing doing some stuff at the trade deadline, but um, just t- 
the clock's ticking. I mean, time's running out. If you want to address the secondary, I think the fixes have to be within that locker room right now. I think it's certainly a, a major question for the Steelers. You know, we talked about this, you know, before, several times before. Minka Fitzpatrick has played in the slot almost as much as, as much through five games as he has uh, all through last year for the Steelers. And, you know, part of that, I think, is because they're trying to find answers for a position. Um, and and in, if if they find it, an answer with uh, um, uh, with Pete, Patrick Peterson moving on into the, into the slot, great. I think that's awesome, and that's that that, that addresses that addresses a, a key need and get keeps Patrick Peterson on the field. And I think part of this also, I think Mike Tomlin really wants Patrick Peterson to still be involved in this defense, even if you're acknowledging like, hey, he doesn't have the speed. He hasn't worked outside really well uh, so so far. That's why Joey Porter Jr. is going in there. But I think Mike Tomlin, knowing that that guy, I mean, that's a future Hall of Famer. That's a guy that carries a lot of respect around the locker room, around the league. You don't want to just bump that guy down, not use him, have you know, kind of disconnect him with the team and, and put him in that situation. You want to kind of keep him in, in the fold somehow. This could be a way to want to address the slot quarterback situation and do that at the same time. And as much as, you know, calling plays or making in-game decisions is part of a coaching job, so is maintaining relationships in the locker room, things like that. Um, and I, I sometimes I feel like that might even be Mike Tomlin's biggest strength is maintaining the locker room. Because in my, in my time following the Steelers, he hasn't, he hasn't uh, he hasn't lost one. Yeah, that's true, Chris. I mean, listen, um, it, it's a delicate balance when you have a guy who is in the latter stages of his career, has a Hall of Fame resume. You don't want to just give up on him after five or six weeks. You know, you kind of want to let him uh, maybe find his role with the team. And I think maybe part of that is just honestly, it's just waiting for Joey Porter to be ready. And then maybe it'll just click when, when Patrick Peterson goes inside. Maybe the entire secondary would click at that point. Um, we don't know. I think maybe, you know, you know, a lot of fans are kind of grasping at straws. They, they kind of want the rookies in there and they want Patrick Peterson in a different spot because it hasn't looked good so far, but there's no guarantee it's going to look better once they do make that move. So um, I, I know this, Chris, the bottom line is the secondary has been a disappointment through the first six weeks of the season. It's got to get better. You know, we, we talked about it. We've got to get Minka in better position to, to make game-changing plays. they got to be tighter on the outside with the coverage. they got to be better in the slot. It's a whole picture um, when you're talking about that defensive backfield. It just hasn't been good enough um, here in the early going. We still got more to discuss here. The Steelers look like they're getting healthier coming out of the bye. That could be really good news. We'll talk about just who's getting healthier here in a minute on the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, Chris Carter, Ray Fittipato. But first, I'll remind you, this show is also sponsored by Savinas Kane and Gallucci. They're mesothelioma and asbestos lawyers with over 85 years of experience. Call them now for a free consultation on your case. That's Savinas. Kane and Gallucci. We're also brought to you by GameTime.co, which is the place where you can go to to buy tickets for your favorite events without it being a stressful effort. GameTime is the is an app that you can download right to your phone, or you go to their website GameTime.co, and it, it gives you the fast and easy way to buy tickets for whatever your event is: sports, music, comedy, theater, anything along those lines. GameTime will help you get it get tickets and get tickets for great prices they'll also make sure that you're getting the tickets that you actually want sometimes you're looking at a ticket and you're not sure 
What's the view from my seat? How is this going to you know, work with the price that I'm paying? Is this the actual price where I pay it? Or are there hidden fees? Game time gets rid of all of that. You see the view from your seat when you click, click on your seat in the app or look on the website. You can also you can also see all the prices up front, no hidden fees. It takes two clicks of a button. And those tickets are yours. And you can even book tickets up to an hour after your event is started. If you're running late and you don't know what, and you don't know where you're going to get your seats, this is where Game Time comes in. They're such a great tool to use, even when you're playing, even when you're you're running up to the last minute to get your tickets. So get get to Game Time today, and with their best price guarantee, you you'll know you're getting the best price every single time. Why? If you find tickets into the same event in the same section and row for less somewhere else, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference of those prices. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code PITTPIT for $20 off your first purchase or go to the website GameTime.co. Terms and conditions apply. Create an account and redeem code PITTPIT for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. We're back here on the North Shore Drive podcast. I'm Chris Carter with Ray Fittipato from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Ray, let's talk about the injury situation for the Steelers. Now, we got indications. Deontay Johnson said he was going to be back this this week. Mike Tomlin, you know, said, you know kind of wanted to play it by year, still a, a, a little bit talking about, you know, needed to see how he'd practice this week. But also Pat Frymouth said he vowed that he would be able to play this week. Do you think these guys actually are good to go, or is this still very much a work in progress for the Steelers going into this game Sunday? Yeah, I mean, I, I think Mike just, for whatever reason, didn't want to commit to, to Deontay Johnson coming back. But, I mean, it was it, it's eight days ago now that Deontay Johnson told us he's definitely going to play. So unless there was some kind of setback with that hamstring injury um, on Monday when he practiced, then that's not an issue. Deontay Johnson's going to be back in the lineup. And Pat Fryermuth told us on Monday – that he would be back in the lineup too. So, Chris, I mean, it should help the Steelers' offense. Um, Deontay Johnson led them in targets, receptions, and receiving yards last season. Um, Pat Fryermuth, we all know what he's capable of. Um, but the issue is, um, you know, Deontay Johnson played 17 games last year. Pat Fryermuth was relatively healthy last year, and the passing game really wasn't that good throughout any of 2022, except for maybe some – some key moments when they needed it uh, to be. So, um, yeah, it should help, but I also hesitate because I know what happened last year when those guys were in the lineup full-time, and to be honest with you, it didn't make much of a difference. That That's the big thing here, right, is that it sounds – it's great. You're healthy again, but you yeah. still haven't been good on, on, on offense and you haven't clicked yet. This offense has still not had a 400-yard performance uh, since, since 2020. This is, uh, you know, Kenny Pickett. He's been he's been very much a roller coaster so far in his career, and he can still grow. But I think it's just another sign. Is like you know, yes, it's great to have your guys back, but there's 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 so many things that have to happen for the Steelers offense to finally be the unit that can actually win the Steelers a football game. The offensive line has to perform better. Kenny Pickett has to perform better. I think that there, there's still more coming together that this group needs. And Deontay Johnson and Pat Frymouth coming back. That can be an asset, but it can also be a thing where 
Kenny Pickett needs to get back into the groove with those guys in games, uh, and that can that can take time. And I'm not so sure that this week is the week to do it on the West Coast. Mike Tomlin doesn't have a great record playing on the West Coast. Um, I will say the Rams' defense isn't what it used to be. They still have Aaron Donald, and he's a problem, but they don't have the same edge rusher presence they used to have when they won the Super Bowl or the presence in the secondary that they had when they won the Super Bowl. And so maybe there's some chances there. But this is a team, you know, we asked Mike Tomlin uh, on uh, on Tuesday about if there's an identity to this team. And he talked about it. Be, it was an, it's an evolving thing. He's like, you know what? I'd like to think we have, but it, you know, it's something that we're still we're still figuring out. And I think it's because on defense, they kind of know who they are, at least, you know, at least with the edge rusher position, those guys are going to be what wins you on defense a a lot. They need to stuff the run so that those guys can rush the passer and then their secondary needs to take take advantage of bad passes. Um, But on offense, they, they need to they need to have more success before they have an identity. They thought they had one at the end of last year. They kind of abandoned it in the first few weeks or so. I think they started to get back to it against the Ravens with running the ball more and letting Kenny Pickett kind of play off of that. But that's what the the Steelers need some some sort of consistency on offense. We haven't seen it since you know halfway through the, you know, the halfway point through the 2020 season. Yeah, I mean you're absolutely right. I, I think you know what happened at the end of last season. The hundred thousand dollar question is why didn't you pick up where you left off? Why did you have to tinker with it and maybe go in a different direction? I mean it's it's water under the bridge now. Um, you know, hopefully for for the Steelers they. They made some tweaks during the bye week that will work, and maybe they'll get back to the, that identity that, that helped them at the end of last season. Um, but we'll see. Also, one thing, Chris, before we go, mm-hmm. little game within a game against the Rams, Deontay Johnson, George Pickens versus Akella Witherspoon. Is there a little bit of an advantage there? Those guys knowing each other, offense, defense, who, who has the advantage there? Also, Kevin Dotson on the Rams' offensive line, who has the, uh, who has the edge there? The Steelers know him. He knows the Steelers. So um, that's something to look out for on Sunday. Kind of uh, two recent Steelers who were having success with the Rams. Um, how does that all play out uh, Sunday afternoon? Well, the last time the Steelers faced a former offensive lineman and a former cornerback, that was the Houston Texans game, and that did not go well. The Steelers needed to go a completely different direction. But a very good point by you that that is a that is going to be one of the the, the, the story points for this game. He's Ray Fittipaldo. Read all his work as well as all of our work at the Pittsburgh Post Gazette at post-gazette.com. This is the North Shore Drive podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. Thanks again for tuning in. We'll be back Friday with Brian Batko with your final news points going into the weekend on the Steelers. And don't forget, we'll have the Accrisure fan advantage where we answer your questions here on the show and we'll have an expert covering the Rams here on the Saturday edition of the North Shore Drive podcast. We'll see you then right here on the North Shore Drive podcast. Stick with us here on the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. If you watch this video on YouTube, please like the video and subscribe to our channel. For three months of digital access to post-gazette.com at 99 cents, click the link below in the description.